Here we are in Palm Sunday week, and I know that in our history of our church, we've always emphasized this weekend as a, a significant celebration of Jesus Christ coming into Jerusalem, and man, what a scene that would have been. I just want to pause for a second and kind of pull us to a different thought if I could today, and that's more to not just how he came to Jerusalem, but why he came. We focus a lot on the palms and the branches and the donkeys and the crowd and all that stuff, and understandably so, but for me as a believer in Christ, Palm Sunday has always been more about the why than the how. Why did he do what he did? Let's rewind back for a few moments if we could and kind of maybe go back into his life. Could we today pause and go back into maybe the mindset that Christ had? Think about this. He's just come off some significant moments. He was just with his friend Lazarus and Bethany and saw him come back to life. And we know that there was a surge there. Of course, Jesus Christ, when he dealt with Lazarus' death, he was aware of his own death coming up. And He's been with the disciples and had lots of great connection points and started talking more about his turning toward Calvary and his purpose in life. And so here he comes into Jerusalem. And I think there's three specific things that carry Jesus to where he was that day. And for a few moments, if I could pause your life and just take you with me on a journey to kind of go back into the life of Christ and just focus on maybe not just how he went to Jerusalem, but why he did it. Why did he do what he did? And I think the first thing that Jesus Christ had was a deep conviction. You know, convictions in our life are really evident when our beliefs are tested. Jesus had every opportunity to go a different path, to go a different way, but he stayed on the course. He had a deep conviction. In life, those around us will pull on us, they'll push at us, they'll they'll try to tempt us in life. Circumstance will come and change our, 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 our feelings about how we feel about things. And so we know that Jesus Christ, his life was really rooted in a deep conviction. Every day, our life tries hard to push against our faith in God. If you've not felt that yet, then you're missing it because it's everywhere. Faith is always under attack, and every day we must grow stronger in God to remember that God has a source of power through his spirit that can engage us into overcoming even this life. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says this. It says, the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I think right now God is seeking out people who would simply say, I have a deep conviction about my faith in God. My faith in God is my priority in life, and my faith in God is strong no matter what I I face. I know this, real spiritual life begins when we make a decision for Christ. And you never know how your decision really feels and looks until that decision is tested by something else. And there you find your convictions. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth. The Son only does what the Father is doing. Listen close. Whatever the Father does, the Son does. And as he's saying to us, guys, I don't operate by myself. I'm not here because of me. I'm here because of my father. And Jesus had a deep conviction that he wanted to do what the father said to do. Wherever you find yourself today on your spiritual journey, I want to challenge you to just take a second and just ask yourself, how committed are you to following God's plan? Do you have a deep conviction that God has a plan for your life? Think about what Jesus Christ rode into on that Palm Sunday. The essence of the celebration, yet he knew it was all fake. 
He knew it was not why he was there. The crowd cheering, the, the palm trees waving, yet he knew in his heart, this is not what this is about. And the same crowd that cheered him will be the same crowd that killed him. And Jesus knew that at that time, the journey he was on. I challenge you right now, no matter where you are in your faith walk, pause today and solidify how deep are your convictions. Romans chapter 116 says this. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Don't live your life any day, any moment of a day, reluctant or ashamed about your faith in God. Because here's what you got to know. Real spiritual life begins when you begin to activate your faith and your beliefs. Spiritual life and faith life is not about keeping it inside. It's about living through the crowds, the crowds that will cheer you one day that will kill you by the end of the week and still believing that God's a good God. Can you go between the crowds and the difficulty? And that's what Jesus did that day. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says, how can people have faith in the Lord and ask him to save them if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Now, I know that as a pastor, most people believe that that's what my job, that's where my job comes in. Hey, you're the professional teller. You're the guy that tells people for us. We pay you to witness. That's not how this works. See, when you understand who God is and have a deep conviction in God's plan for your life, then you know that you're part of the story. You're a messenger. You're a preacher. You're a teacher. Your life tells other people about Jesus Christ. The second thing I think Jesus Christ had was compassion. Jesus had a deep conviction in his father. Secondly, he had compassion for other people. Now think about this for just a second. Jesus is there going into Jerusalem. Before he got there, he looked upon this and said, oh my goodness, Jerusalem, you guys, you kill your prophets, you kill your own blessings. What am I going to do with you? I wish I could pull you into me and take you like a, a hen takes its chicks under its wings. And Jesus saw them and began to realize, man, they look great on the outside, but they are messed up on the inside. And Jesus had a sense of awareness that he was the key to their survival. He was the link to their freedom. He was the factor in their salvation. Jesus had compassion even for those who would attack him. Can you do that today? Can you take somebody who's attacking you and have compassion? Can you take someone that tells lies against you and, and belittles you and insults you and, and attacks your name and what you believe in and say, I'm going to pray for you? That's what Jesus did. Jesus took those who ridiculed him, who would spit upon him, and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Pause for a second right now in your life and ask yourself if you're able to do that. I love this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. What a text for us today, because man, we sure live in a world of retaliation, don't we? We live in a world of, hey, whatever you're going to say, I'm going to come back at you. You're going to come at me, I'm going to fire back. We live in a retaliatory world. We can't wait to have our voice heard, our opinion out there. And here the Bible says to us, see that no one 
pays back evil for evil. See, compassion does not return evil for evil, but does good for evil. Jesus did not return evil in exchange for the evil given to him. What did he do? He gave them good. He gave them hope. He did what God called them to do. And here's how he did it. Jesus had true compassion. You say, Marty, what's that mean? Well, true compassion is seeing somebody else and then realizing that that could be you. Seeing you in them, treating them as you would want to be treated, knowing that but for the grace of God, that would be you. That's different than sympathy, even different than empathy. It goes to a whole deeper level of, oh, my soul, if it wasn't for God's grace, that would be me. And you respond to that person at a level that you would want someone to respond to you if you were in their same circumstance. The Bible's clear about this. We, fought, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. That's in the scripture. We know this. But too often we tend to fight our battles in the natural. I remind you today that what Jesus walked into was not a human fight. It was a supernatural warfare. And Jesus rode in that day into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday experience. And that day he was going to the cross because he had a conviction in the Father, because he had compassion for people, because he saw them as lost people without a shepherd, no place to go, and he cared for them. When I look at my life and your life, I'm reminded why the Bible tells us that we should let our light shine before other people, that they can see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. When I think about this conversation right now on this Palm Sunday, I just wonder if we're living our life with compassion. I wonder if we're seeing others and seeing ourselves in their place. If we tend to think too good of ourselves and too bad of them. I know people aren't nice, but sometimes we're not nice either. I know people can be mean, but well, so can I, so can you. What if today we could kind of pull back and realize that we need to love other people just the way that we would want to be loved if we were in their situation? Jesus commissions all believers to be his light on the earth. We live in a dark time. We live in a dark world. These are strange days, no doubt. Interesting days. I would have never thought in my lifetime I'd be preaching a Palm Sunday service to you here in a setting like this, in a room by myself with one camera guy, with lights around me, sitting in a chair. But here we are. And I believe even God can use this time and your life to open your heart toward him at a deeper level. Do you have compassion today to those who've hurt you? All of us have been hurt by somebody in life. Let me tell you this, all of us have hurt somebody. I tend to think about those who've hurt me more than I think about those that I've hurt. The reality is this, I'm human. I've hurt people, so have you. I've been hurt, so have you. Do we have compassion for those who've even hurt us in this lifetime? Do we love them? Now, you might say, Marty, they had it coming. Oh, my. I hope none of us ever get what we deserve. I thank God for his grace in my life and your life. I thank God that right now he's holding back what I deserve. Jesus took what I deserved on the cross. He did it for me. He did it for you. And I hope we can do the same for somebody else in our life. Remember this. Jesus rode into the city on a Sunday Palm branches waving, he would end the week 
with the whip cracking and the spear through his side and the nails in his hand, and he did it for you and he did it for me. He did it because he had a conviction and he had deep compassion. The third word I want to give you today, Jesus was living his life on a commission. He was not here just to live. He was literally born to die. The Bible tells us that. Every day of his life was going toward this moment. It was all about not just living his life. It was about giving his life. Process what that would have been like to ride into Jerusalem that day with the palm trees coming up and down, the branches going up and down, the crowds cheering with the awareness that with a few short hours, the cheers would become more jeers, anticipating his death, calling for his death. Those that cheered would now criticize and ridicule him. Those that had walked him would turn their back on him. Jesus faced all these things as a real person. He was God in the flesh. He was fully God, but he was fully man. And every day we have an opportunity to live our life in accordance to God's commission upon our life. Do you realize that right now you and I are commissioned by God to help those who are hurting, those who are lost, those who are hopeless? I know these days bring us all the awareness of hope and hopelessness and fear and much more. But you realize that that's nothing new in the spiritual world? There's always been a lack of hope in this life, and all of our hope is the eternal life. We know this. The Bible is clear on this. So here's to make today my challenge for you. Live your life every day with a sense of convictions. Live your life with a sense of compassion. And live your life every day with a sense of commission. Here's what I do know. I know this. The world needs hope. I know this. The church is the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. I know this. The church's job is not yet done on this earth. Jesus Christ is the hope of this world, and we are his body upon the earth. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I love this text. Listen close. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Again, you think that's me, but that's you. I'm a preacher, yes, but this is just a messenger. This is where you come into play. And how shall they preach unless they've been sent? Listen close. As it's written, how beautiful are the feet. Now, we often look at that verse and laugh at that, but what it's talking about there is how beautiful it is when the feet begin to move. That's a beautiful sight to watch the, to watch the believers go out and share their faith. It says, those who bring glad tidings of good things, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's not me, the preacher. That's you, the preacher. I want to challenge you right now. Live your life on commission. Jesus went to Jerusalem not to be celebrated, but because he was commissioned by God. He had a deep conviction about his assignment, his relationship with the Father. He knew what that was like. He held to his convictions. Jesus had deep compassion for people. He saw people as lost and hurting. He loved those who criticized him, who attacked him, who ridiculed him, who would later kill him. He loved them knowing all these things. He loved them just the same. And Jesus lived his life with a deep sense 
of a commission. Today, you and I are all commissioned by God to go about and preach the good news. Jesus lived every day with the awareness that the people he would give his life for, many would reject him, many would walk away from him, but he did it anyway. See, Jesus walked that day, or rode that day, excuse me, into Jerusalem with an awareness the people that looked good on the outside were dark on the inside. He talked to them. He said, listen, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You've got this beauty on the outside, but death on the inside. And Jesus tells to us in John 10 that he is the one that comes to give us life and make it fuller and more abundantly. Jesus lived every day upon his commission to the Father. I want to challenge you right now, Calvary Church family. In these days, let's be people of hope. Let's give hope. I think about Palm Sunday different than many, as I've already told you. It's not how he wrote in, but why he wrote in. And oh, by the way, what went with him as he wrote in? Here's what he took with him. He took hope. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he was carrying hope. My hope and your hope. Today, the church is the hope of the world. The Bible says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. It says, let your light so shine. You don't put a lamp, a light under a, under, under a bushel. You, you expose it. Let our light shine to people. At this time, in this season of concern and fear and, and sickness across the earth, let's be people that encourage hope. Let's use every word we have to dispel hope, to speak life, to speak love, and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Next weekend, of course, is Easter weekend, Resurrection weekend, and yes, we'll be doing it virtually with you the best we can. Again, I never thought I'd be in this moment of time in the church history and these specific weekends that are big time for the body of Christ, and here we are, camera, camera connected. That's how we get to you. But we'll do the best we can, I promise you that. But this week, I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you as your pastor, I want to challenge you to check your convictions, observe your compassion, and then ask yourself, am I living on commission? Use every second of every day to be part of the Great Commission. Jesus Christ has sent you and he sent me to go and make disciples, to preach the good tidings, the good news of Jesus Christ to all creation and make sure that people know who God is. Today, I believe you can do that. God's for you. God is with you. Again, thank you so much. You've got to be in a tremendous crowd today. Wherever you're watching us, thank you for taking time. This is strange. This is different, but this is it right now. I want to pause before I leave you today and just make sure that you're good with God. I never know who's watching these services, and believe it or not, we've had several people confess their faith in Christ watching online. They message the church. They call the church. How cool is that? Maybe for many, this is what they needed. I don't know, but God knew. And today I want to pray with you. If he'd say, Marty, I'm not totally sure if I died tonight and make it to heaven. I'm not sure about my walk with God. Pray this prayer of faith with me. Believe it in your heart. Receive the free gift of salvation that God has for your life. Are you ready to pray? Just believe as you pray. Come on, say out loud. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, I declare you as the risen Son of God, my Savior, 
and my Lord. If you prayed that prayer tonight, today, whenever you watch this and meant that in your heart, I'm gonna tell you right now, you've received a free gift called salvation. Reach out to the church. Let us know who you are so we can help you walk in the plan that God has for your life. Hit that number on the screen right now. Message us on the, on the feed below you on the social app you're on right today. And make sure that we know who you are so we can pray for you by name. God's got a great plan for your life. He's a good God. Thank you guys again for being with us right now. And may God bless you. Can I bless you today? Put your hand up high wherever you are. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And you may you walk today with convictions and compassion and on commission. Have a great day. I'll see you again soon. God bless you. What an encouraging word by Pastor Marty. If you responded to the message today, we would love to be able to connect with you. And so please comment in the comment section and we wanna reach out and help you take steps toward living a life with Jesus Christ. We want you to know that as a staff at Calvary Church, that we're praying for you and that we love you. We are praying for God's protection. We are praying for God's provision to be over your life. God's got our church. God's got us. And as Pastor Marty says, God's got this. We love you. God bless.